Hello and welcome to Red Men Radio, episode number 64. I'm Chris Pajak. I'm joined by the Ross Chanley, no less. The? The Ross Chanley. intro, thank you. No problem, Rossi. Um, okay, so we're here. It's the pre-season podcast. Uh, we're going to do news in brief, as always. We're going to talk a little bit about the World Cup, and then we're going to dive into Liverpool's pre-season hopes, dreams, expectations, all of that jazz, because that is what we do here at Redmen Radio and Redmen TV. Uh, then we're going to answer a load of questions. But before all that, uh, I found this app. Uh, it's called Deckheads. It's quite funny. Uh, I saw it on another YouTube video. I'm gonna ri- I'm gonna rip it straight off. I saw it on a Ball Street video. It was great. Um, we're gonna do it here. Um, for those listening rather than watching the YouTube video, I think this could be even funnier for you guys because you've got no idea what we're trying to explain, yeah. which I think makes it even better. So you get to actually play along like you're here in the Red Men TV slash radio studio with me and the Ross Shanley. Just don't start shouting random words on the train or you get taken off. And we're not gonna do a rude one either. No. Yeah. Oh well, oh. you know what? I think we can have fun. There's a football one. It's available from Android. It's available from iOS as well. It's literally called Deckheads. Um, so yeah, let's just get straight into cool. it, mate. We're going to go football. Do you want to go first or second? Uh, you go first. Okay. Um, so do you, does that mean you have to put it on the top of your head? Yeah. Excellent. Okay. We probably should have talked this through uh, before, and but we haven't. We're here. We're loading up the app right now, and football? Ross is about to go. We're going to go football. Okay. Uh, yes, I can't wait for this one. Let's go. I'm going to look ridiculous. Three, two, one, go. Uh, it's not a yellow card. It's a red card. Correct. Uh, plays for Denmark. Best player. Also plays for Tottenham. Ericsson. Christian Ericsson. Yeah. Um, used to play for Brazil, wonderful left foot, um, really, really ugly. Hulk? No, uh, skinny, looks like he hasn't been fed. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, r- uh, back in the day, it was the original Ronaldo and the other are, well, I don't know if I can say that. Rivaldo? Correct. Um, England got knocked out in the semi-final stage, Gaza cried. Oh, what, what World Cup tournament was that? Oh, uh, Euro 96. No, it wasn't. It was, um, you've passed. Yeah. Uh, played for Bolton, one of the best signings ever made. Uh, Yuri Jorkaev, JJ Kotcher. Correct. Um, FIFA's head honcho. The really? new one, Infantino? No, the old Sepp one. Sepp Yes. Um, sh- he's taken Firmino's place in the side, but shouldn't have. Gabriel Jesus? Yeah. yeah. Um, and England, Man United. Ah, time's up. Bill Jones? Marcus Rashford. Ah. I got six. Six? Okay, six. Ross. See me, see me writing that down. Yeah. Okay, you ready to go? Yep. So, uh, Euro 96, really. Gaza cried. England got knocked out of the semi finals, Euro 96. Really? When was it? It was Italian 90. Oh, I'm sorry, I was one. <laughs> I was even one. How do you not know that, though? Because it was before my time. You being a you're the worst one year old ever. Right, okay, we're gonna get into it. I'm gonna click. The I, I wasn't even one. Well, you know what? That's your fault. I'm blaming you. To be dad's fault. Uh, England played them in the group stages. Tunisia. Nope. Belgium. Nope. Oh, the other one. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Remind <laughs> rounds with Anima. Panama. Panama. <laughs> Uh, World class United forward. Uh, Romelu Lukaku. No. Uh, Rounds um, of Burst. Uh, Jeffers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another United forward is in England set up now. Marcus Rashford. No, he has got sh- stupid uh, 
Jesse Lingard. There you go. Uh, Chelsea centre half in England set up now. Gary, uh, Gary Cale. Yep. Uh, United left back. You shouldn't be left back. Left back. You speak Marcus Rocco. No. Oh, sugar. I'm sorry. I cheated. <laughs> Actually, okay. <laughs> um, got knocked out by France in the World Cup. Um, was it, oh, sugar real? Maradona. Oh, uh, does lots of good campaigning. Argentina. There you go. <laughs> uh, German defender. You interviewed him. Uh-huh. Um, Lothar Matthias. Yeah, time's up. Missed it. Right, we'll have to take one off that because I cheated. So it was five I got. Well, there you go. Ross wins. Uh, Ross wins by six to five. You, I hope, enjoyed that and would be screaming Panama um, at the, <laughs> just on the train. Chris, it's Panama. <laughs> you absolute idiot. Um, so there we go. Uh, we're going to get into the news and brief. I enjoyed that. Actually, we shall play the uh, we keep record some other versions, shall we say, because there are some other versions yeah, available, and we shall yeah. play them yeah. later on. The family um, one's are, a cracking one, isn't it? The family one's great. The adult one's good as well. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that later. But the news in brief, first and foremost, broke yesterday first day of pre-season training Mohamed Salah Ross signed a new contract how good is that absolutely amazing um, what a wonderful day to wake up on Monday to that news uh, we discussed it on the, on the transfer latest the Liverpool latest podcast yesterday it's just the, the intent and the fact that Liverpool are willing to reward players for, for the hard work I think signals the way that we do business now and the way that what we expect from players and what they can expect back from it and there's loads of there's obviously loads of rumours of him going to Real Madrid and earning big bucks but you can't do that anymore. And and from his point of view as well, I think the big thing was there was no release clause. And yeah. I said yesterday he could have easily asked for one of them and he, he didn't want... Obviously, they didn't want to, otherwise he, wouldn't, he would never sign the contract. So I think that's the big bonus. Yeah, I think that's absolutely key to the entire deal, isn't it? I think, you know, when you think about what Mo Salah did for us last season, he's now a top earner at the football club along the, alongside Roberto Firmino, Virgil van Dijk. You look at him on a five-year contract, you look at Gnabi Keita on a five-year contract, Firmino on a five-year contract, Mane probably might sign, I'd hope, this summer. Um, we've really sort of pin down the core of this squad to long-term deals already, yeah. haven't we? You know, the ones that you think, well, Mo Salah's 26, Firmino's like 26 as well, is Virgil van Dijk 25 or 26, yeah. Mane's about the same age, and Andrew Robertson's only a year into his fresh contract, since Alexander-Arnold signed a new contract last season, I think. Um, all the pieces seem to be just signing up, and it's brilliant because, Ross, they believe in what Jurgen Klopp's doing at Liverpool, don't they? And Mo Salah signing is the biggest indicator yet that a world-class player wants and can achieve what he wants at Liverpool Football Club. Yeah, I put a tweet out yesterday, uh, obviously, because that's when it happened. But the fact that Jurgen Klopp can not only attract players, but he can make them stay as well. Mm. And those people compared to the Coutinho thing, I think that was a, a completely different case. But the fact that he can attract players and say this is what we're building this is what our future is and he's got the pull and the power to, to do that I just think it's, it's incredible I think time's gone by where we've lost Suarez we've lost Torres you know, and key players throughout the, throughout the years our best players and at them times we relied on, on them like it was kind of like a one man team but we're not now you know, we've got two three people which is encouraging for Salah to say well Firmino signed a new contract he's staying so he'll go oh, actually you know, I'll stay we're showing we're in the transfer market that we're, we're willing to do business so we've gone and got Kaita gone and got Fabinho and go listen we're building this for you and for all of us, what's not to like? Exactly, and I think you know the other the other thing that it sort of comes off that is that there's a real feel good mood around Liverpool at the moment. The World Cup hasn't even ended, but you can you can sense something big is happening here. Now I do feel like we need to talk about the flip side of that. Yep. As well, um, obviously Liverpool offered Coutinho a contract, yep. which he signed a five year deal. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
we do have to maybe as fans think about and wonder because we still haven't proved that we're not going to sell when someone comes in for a bid. How do you feel on that? Uh, I, to be honest, I think I was at the same stage with Coutinho when it happened. I think, oh, he's not that kind of person. He, he, he won't do that. Um, and I know I see it transpires. Like, you know, sometimes club, we can be a stepping stone for people that want to go to Barcelona. We've seen it with Luis Suarez and Xabi Alonso did it as well. And you can name name more players. I, I got into that mindset of Salah's not like that because he's, he's such a nice guy. But but anything could happen. Um, and I think ultimately what we've seen from Jurgen Klopp is if people don't want to be at the club, he's prepared to sell them. And I'm kind of all right with that. I know going back to what I said before, we're not a one-man team. Well, it's not our best player we're selling. We've still got Marnie, Firmino and Keita and all them. Van Dijk, you know, we're not going to fall apart if we sell one person. It'd be a massive blow if Seller was to leave. Um, but I just think we're at such a, a different level to what we have been in, in my time as a Liverpool fan. I think that's right. I, I don't think Liverpool, to be fair, had any inkling that Phil Coutinho would move to another club after no. he'd signed that five-year contract. I believe that they that they believe they'd signed him down for, for the best part of his career. Um, you know, world-class footballer, you can see him doing bits now on, at the World Cup and stuff. Um, I, I, I believe that Liverpool are probably in exactly the same boat here, but it's not until the resolve is tested that we'll find out the answers to these questions. Yeah. And what Liverpool need to be able to stop selling players is to win some trophies. Yeah. And what gives us the best chance of winning trophies, having all these lads on long-term contracts and all happy to play at the football club. So, yeah, we'll we'll park the Salah contract stuff there because I know you did a great job on Monday with that stuff. Um, OK, well, some other news in brief. Uh, I'm going to skip down. I'm going to miss that pre-season question off, okay. Ross. Um, goalkeepers. It seems to me like every single day there's rumours of goalkeepers yeah, being linked to Liverpool Football Club. I think, you know, just this morning when I was doing the news show, there was a Sillinson one that Liverpool aren't interested in him. There's Donna Rummer being offered to us. There's the Allison stuff and Chelsea bidding for him. Liverpool potentially going back in. Or Black completely dropped off a cliff. That doesn't look like there's any legs in any of that if there ever was to begin with. What's your money on now? Uh, my money has or not. Uh, no, and it has been for a couple of weeks now. The more it's gone on, I think like the Allison stuff was kind of looked like something in that. And as soon as that dropped off, I thought, who can you go out and get who's concrete better than than Carrius? No, he's he's had his mistakes and stuff, but I don't want to buy someone for the sake of doing it. So there was obviously like Jack Butland and stuff. I was like, I'm not convinced he's he's better than Carrius. Mm-hmm. You know, people are, all, are still. A lot of people are still basing carries on the Champions League final, which I understand. But in the five months before that, people were raving about him because he had improved significantly, and he will continue to do that. I think at a twenty twenty, I think he's twenty five. Now it's his birthday of the week. He's still got loads of years left in him. So I don't. I'd rather we didn't go and spend a load of money on a name for the sake of it. So I've seen like there's been Donnarumma, Cassius, Michael, and now every time you see someone playing at the World Cup. It was like, oh, what do you think of him? What do you oh, think of him? Joe, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And there was a Japanese goalkeeper, and there was Cho for Korea. It's like, oh, he's made he's made four saves in the game. Let's go and buy him. Well, if you're basing someone on, on performances of the World Cup, then David de Gea is crap, yeah, isn't he? Because he had seven shots and conceded six goals. So you you can't do that. I'm, I'm, this is the first transfer um, window I've been just like fine with whatever goes on, because Klopp and his team have proven last season that we don't know anything really, do we? Because we were on the same boat of Andrew Robertson going, losing our head to going, well, we need a better left back than that. Who is he? He's the best left back in the league, arguably, isn't he? So I'm fine with it. The other thing as well that I noticed yesterday was Carriers put something on social media for the first time and support. I was really surprised, nicely surprised at the support of him going, you know, well done. Of course, it was the album up here on, on Twitter, but that's to be expected. And I think Liverpool fans are coming around to the idea that it might not happen. I think in an ideal world, our black is the one. 
but life's not football manager, is it? I know everyone's saying he's got an eighty million pound release clause. Well, if the player doesn't want to come, he's not interested. Can I ask you a question. And what would you what would you do if if Donnarumma was available to us? Listen, if he's been touted at fifty million, he's been offered to yeah. us. Would that tickle your fancy? Uh, it would do because he's someone I've I've quite liked, uh, and I think someone who's got the experience that he's got at both club and international level for his age. I think his ceiling is just ridiculous. And at nineteen, you give fifty million quid, we could have him for five years, and he's still be able to sell him for around that in, in five years time or you can have him for 10 years and you've got yourself a goalkeeper there um, I know he's highly rated by Buffon which is obviously a bit biased because he's, he's Italian and stuff but if someone of hit that calibre rates him then fine I've seen a couple of games where he's, he's made quite a few mistakes as well to be honest I think there was a, the Coppa Italia when they played Juve they lost like 4-0 or something mm-hmm. and he was really at fault for two of the goals there's always goalkeepers that yeah. are at fault for goals. Yeah, yeah. It, it just happens. Like, yeah. You know, you, you mentioned um, De Gea already oh, in, yeah. in the World Cup, and you know, Noya coming back off an injury-ridden season didn't look great for Germany yeah. either. So, Courtois made a mistake yesterday, and he didn't c- c- lead to a goal, but it could have done easily. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I, I actually, apart from the mistake, I think Courtois was absolutely superb yesterday. Yeah. Um, and I like the way that he comes out and uses his feet at that near post to try and block off crosses and stuff. And I think more goalkeepers should probably yeah. do stuff like that. Um, even though last week when I was watching Belgium against, was he played against England, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And the goal and the commentators were like, "Well, he's attacked that in a different way, and he shouldn't be doing that." I like that. I like the fact that he's been proactive and he's not waiting to see if he thinks he can get the ball. I'd rather him go and get the ball than yeah. wait to see if a strike is going to have a shot on target and against him. Yeah. and it's too late and it becomes difficult because it's point blank range so there are goalkeepers at this World Cup that I've liked I think Schmeichel's been good and I've always rated Schmeichel Um I think you know. First of all, he's won the Premier League, so he knows what it's take what it takes. He's got that mad star jump like his dad. He'd stick one to Manchester United if Liverpool bought yeah. Michael as well. He's of an age where he comes in and he's been there, he's seen it, and done it. I think he's is he twenty nine or thirty years 31. old? Thirty one. Thirty one. He's mm-hmm. that old. Wow. Um. So I, I, he's still got that agility as well. I think he can still be a goalkeeper for a few years. But I mean, I'm coming round to the fact that we are probably going to be keeping. Um, Luis Carrier, I don't really think Liverpool are going to sign him. I think there'd be a lot more smoke if there was, yeah. if we were going to sign another goalkeeper I, and stuff. So I still have that concern, though, if he makes a clang, drops a clanger in the first couple of weeks or months or any point in the season, it's just going to be too much for him. And too that's, much, too much, too much local fans as well. Actually, that's the issue, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Because you can say, you can say oh, I'm happy, and not a lot of people are saying I'm happy going in with Luis Carrier as number one in, in, for Liverpool. But that you're exactly right that concerns what if he makes a mistake what if he can't come back from that mistake in the Champions League final are we writing off a season because we didn't sign a goalkeeper and that's the worry that's the major concern but especially when like you said before of having all these players and convincing them to stay is to win trophies if he gets to the end of the season and he's made two three mistakes or even like one mistake and it's the difference between winning a cup or winning the league again then people are going to be Annoyed. Yeah, and players yeah. who play at Liverpool are going to be annoyed. Yeah, yeah. You know, they want they want to win trophies more than well, probably just as much as we do, which is absolutely mad, isn't it? But um, yes, okay. Well, we'll move on there. We're going to talk a little bit about the World Cup. Um, Real Footy is about to return this weekend, uh, but it has been such an exciting World Cup, yeah. hasn't it, Ross? It's yeah. been brilliant. Like. Yeah, uh, I, I, I wasn't into it. Well, I was when the first couple of games, and then when it gets to like the third round of the group stages, some of them are kind of just like nothing games. I, mean, I think it was a Japan game where they were playing sideways passes for, for half an hour because a, a draw would have done them and I, I kind of get that but it's not entertaining but some of the, like, the last minute goals uh, even the VAR decision the referees I thought the referees have been brilliant the referees don't take any stick in this World, in this World Cup 
if that's like pushing people away or just like just being forceful and I, I quite like that um because obviously they get a lot of stick um but then i've just like some of the even some of the goals like we were talking about the, the france goal pavard, if, yeah it? pavard it's like just when you see the reverse angle it's just Oof. like it's just football porn isn't it basically um but uh, the knockout stages have just gone to another level for me i think i've watched the majority of them and it's just like i'd make the world cup knockout from from the get-go about my way because everyone's got something to fight for it's, it's more, such more a much more exciting yeah. idea isn't it and it's kind of like the European Cup in that regard as well yeah. you know the Champions League stages are this sound you know you can yeah. get some big games towards the end of them but there's there's too few games in the World Cup three games isn't really enough to make it warrant for me anyway a group stage but when you get to it and you watch that Belgian game on Monday night and the fact that Japan go two goals up yeah. and then but, and then the commentators are giving stick to uh, Bobby Martinez, aren't they, about is he going to make a decision, what's he going to do? Oh, he's talking to his his team. Oh, he should know instantly what he's got to do. Man, he made the right decision. And do you yeah. know why? Because he spoke and he took a little bit of time. You know, he brings on Nasser Chadley, I think had two two games, I think they mentioned, yeah. all season long. He brings on um, Fellaini yeah. as well. Oh my God, I tell you what, Fellaini's some centre-forward, by the way. If you're a long ball side, you would have him as your centre-forward, wouldn't you? He caused havoc, he's like Andy Carroll. He's better than Stephen Colker, isn't he? Isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, for, we were talking about it before in the office, as much as people dislike him and stuff, he's effective. Yeah. And you can't argue with that, you know, he's essentially won them to turn the game around for that them. That goal, that yeah. last goal, mate. Yeah. I said to you this morning, it was like watching Liverpool. I got genuinely excited because, like, I, when they showed the replay in my head, I was just picturing our front three up there and Bobby doing the dummy and then Sal finishes off all money. And I was like, it's brilliant. It was that run yeah. for me from outside in from Lukaku. He, he, <clears throat> He starts outside and he runs inside, drags the defender, which frees up the guy on the right, yeah. doesn't it? So I think, uh, was it Kevin De Bruyne takes the ball off course while runs about 40 yards, passes the ball to the right because of Lukaku's run. Then he does the dummy mm. and then Chadley's back sticks to finish it off. I mean, there's been so many great goals and so many great stories around this World Cup. I always feel like the World Cup needs those stories. Yeah. like, And it's been nothing but exceptional for me all the way through. Uh, we had a question on the news show this morning, actually. Um from Tlackers, who said to me at the time, any players at the World Cup that you would like us to look at? Um, so I am going to pose that question to you first, Ross, and then I go second, mate. I, no one's really stood out for me, if I'm being totally honest. I don't, I, there's a lot of the, the group games that I've not seen, um, just because of life. Um, but I, I, no, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Okay. No. I'm going to give you a few of mine. I think, you know, these are ranging from. Liverpool could sign them too. Okay. There's absolutely no chance Liverpool would ever sign these. But for me, one of the top players in the tournament has been Luka Modric for Croatia. Okay, I yeah. think everybody knows he's an outstanding footballer anyway. But he's he's taken on that role within that side and he's been absolutely superb for them. Golden for Uruguay, having the two Atletico centre-halves play together. Um, I still don't think, I think I'm right in saying they haven't conceded a goal yet. Or have they in the? I can't remember if they did in the round of sixteen. But I think they might have done. They might have done in the round of sixteen. But in the group stages, I don't think they can see the goal. They were just superb. Um, Alexander Golovan for Russia. Yeah. I thought it's been really good. You know, really a, a creative player. The whole Russian team have been surprisingly fast and athletic, haven't it's they? Been, yeah. well, hello, Ross. <laughs> yeah. hello, Ross. On the eve of the Tour de France, you're going to go there. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Musa um, for Nigeria, I think. Does he play for Leicester? He, he, do you know what? He really impressed me when we played Leicester in the pre-season tournament in Asia last season. He was superb and he just fell off a cliff. Yeah, he's got, he's got he, electric pace. He's, he's there, been yeah. really good as well. Uh, a for Mexico, a, a, you know, a guy who, goodness, I was signing him on Football Manager 
10 years ago mm. uh, when he was a, a, a young pup. Uh, I think he's about 32 years old or something. Now, I mentioned Schmeichel from Denmark. Mm. Uh, Quintero for Colombia. Yeah, we'll get a closer look at yeah. him in the England game later on. I think everybody's going into that. When you watch that Colombia side, you're wondering about James Rodriguez and is he going to be in Falcao and all that. And it's Quintero that's been making them tick. I'd really like him. And then finally, again, I, me- I mentioned it in the office earlier on, Aldo Viral, the 29. I think... Absolutely superb. Everybody knows he's superb, but I'll tell you what, he was brilliant for Belgium last night. Um, some last-ditch tackles, absolutely superb. Enough of the World Cup. Let's talk yeah. Liverpool Football Club. Uh, pre-season is underway. The videos came out yesterday, mate. You were there, glued to them. What was your favourite? Um, just uh, just all of them, just a place. Turn up at Melwood again, and you know, obviously Naby Keita and Fabinho turned up and stuff, but the fact that they're training, and it's just it just seems a far away. The season because obviously the World Cup is still going on. It's like, oh, it's not, it's just around the corner. It's like, oh, we've got a friendly on Saturday. And I was like, talking to Thomas Moore, I was like, I'm more excited about the Chester game, knowing that half the team's not there than I am about the England game tonight. And rightfully so, you get, you yeah. might get to look at Fabinho and yeah. Keita for the first time in the flesh and stuff like that. I'll give you, I tell you, we went down, didn't we, to do the news show yeah. yesterday morning at Melwood. Um, did we tell you that we didn't see a single Liverpool player enter the building? Nope. No. Well, we didn't. Um, and the reason is, uh, two minutes before we arrived there, they put a notification on their live blog to say that Kaiser had just entered and he was the last person. Oh. So we missed Kaiser by two minutes, um, which was a little bit gutting. Um, so we basically just went and drove half an hour to Melwood from our studios um, to stand outside a gate uh, to do the news. Go early the tomorrow. We maybe should. Yeah. He'll probably put them on a late tomorrow. I think he knows where he's going. He'll be there for three hours. I think he's in our WhatsApp group, his clock just on mute. Oh, it is, yeah. yeah. So um, we'll get a tan anyway. But. That James Milner video, mate. Yeah. Oh, my oh, yeah. days. What a pro. Yeah, honestly, it's just, it just doesn't surprise me anymore. We've spoke about him loads over the past six months, of, especially in the Champions League, how integral he was. And you just don't look at him and think he's 32 or, or 32, 33 now. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's right, still he's 31, right. 32. Um, but even so, he just, he just, he's just a leader, isn't he? And he's, you think he might be a bit part player, and he's, he's not going to be. And not only that, he sets an, sets an example for other players, especially the ones that are just coming in. So Fabinho and Kaiser look at that and go, that's the standard that I need to be at at this football club. This is what's going on. And it's him and Adam Lallana, two of the older players in the yeah. squad who were able to keep the fit, fitness yeah. up and be able to do those fitness tests and stuff. I think Kaita got close to the close to the end, and then it was just James Miller running around on his own, yeah. which you can expect. Yeah. We've seen that during football games um, over the last six months, haven't we? Where it's just Jimmy Milner bombing around, yeah. like absolutely. It's all that sugar in Rabina. <laughs> it's, it's just I don't think he, I don't think he even has the sugar one. No, no, no. He doesn't look like a guy. Who oh, he's a no added sugar guy, isn't he? He's a no Diet sugar. Ribena. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely is. He's probably <laughs> a, he's probably requested to do Ribena Zero, because oh, um, he knows that that no added sugar is a con. Because there's loads of sugar and these mm. don't add more. I mean, yeah. listen, terrible, terrible advertising. Uh, okay, um, what are you looking forward to most of pre-season? Just, just seeing Liverpool play again, seeing Jurgen Klopp on a touchline and going to the games and just, just being part of Liverpool again. I. Was, I I don't have an agenda against England. I just don't find them as exciting as I do as watching Liverpool Football Club. I just don't get the same buzz. I've missed it at all, and particularly because you know, obviously, the last game that we played was the, was the Champions League. I kind of want to put that all behind us now and just just move on. Go new season now, new new beginnings. And it's a bit of a bit of a cliche. I'm just actually now I'm really excited about the season. I'm excited about you know the fixtures that we got in the run up initially to go. Actually, we got enough to go and smash his first five, six, seven fixtures out out the park. With our, Put some yeah. pressure on Man City. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, hope they have a little yeah. stumble. Mm. I mean, there's a few things that I'm really looking forward to. One is seeing how the midfield sets up. 
Yeah. That's the thing that I am really looking forward to most. Are we going to play that 4-3-3 that we played last summer, last season? Or are we going to play with sort of a deeper holding two and a one more advanced? I mean, the questions are, I mean, is it going to be Fabinho? Is it going to be Keita holding? And then having someone with Keita's job to sort of get over to him. I just... I'm just don't, I just don't know no. what we're going to do. I, I think it depends on who we play and how, on how we set up. So, for example, we've got a low block side. It's one deep, two forwards. So you've got Navikai, you know, we can you can break the lines. You can go past three, four players and do it. When you're playing like Man City, just have two sitting deep and just use your intelligence and just go when there's a run on. One of you go and make it. I think we've got the the capabilities of playing Kaita, Henderson, Van Alden. You know, we've got multiple people to play multiple roles within that team. We're going to be playing two games a week. Depending on who we play, I think we'll we'll dictate how we set who, up. What's the pecking order for the midfield today? Without obviously Liverpool having kicked the ball in pre-season, they've only been maintaining in a day. Mm. You know, we've got Wayne Aldum, mm-hmm. we've got Alex Oxley Chamberlain, let's pretend yeah, he's, he's fit. fit. Kaita, Fabinho, Jordan Henderson, um Milner. Yeah. Markovic. No, uh, Gruic, sorry, not yeah. Markovic. Where, where where are you thinking? I think you get caught because we've just signed two players. So obviously, Naby Keita's been a long time coming, so you, you pin him down to either, either one of the one of the two sixes or the, the advanced role. Fabinho's exactly the same, but then I don't think we can look past Jordan Henderson either. He's he's one of our best players. <laughs> I, I think and I'll, I'll get slated for that, but like the role he plays, and people are seeing it with England now. You know, he doesn't just dictate what he does with players and what they need to do. He play, he's a leader as well. He's, yeah, he's a leader, he but like people are slating for like passing sideways well if a ball isn't on he's not going to play it his job is to recycle possession and give it to someone else who will create something that's his role he's not he's not Steven Gerrard which he always gets tainted with but like I said if if you've got the option to look at the bench and go who do I bring on you know past two three seasons it's like there's no option so there's only one option I want to be in a position where I'm in my head I'm going oh what do you bring on here like, can I bring Van Alderman or can I bring Milner on you spoiled for choice that's what I'm looking forward to next season and I've forgotten and having, well. yeah, and having that problem in my mind it's obviously Fabinho's the, the, the six because um, I think that's what he's been he's been touted at and then you've got Keita and then a, a plus one and I think it all depends on what happens with Akira and, and, and another ten and again on, on, who, on who we play but then equally Jordan Henson can play an advanced role as well just the choice. Be, I think I'd be shocked if Jordan Anderson wasn't that number six, you know. Yeah. I, re- I think I really would be because the way that we play in the 4-3-3, there's just nobody that can play the ball better than him in yeah. that and, you know, is used to it. And it's not just the way that he plays those passes, it's the way he rotates from sideline to sideline yeah. with play. He's always there. Paul Scholes used to do this magnificently. And listen, I don't think I don't think Jordan Anderson's as good as Paul Scholes, but he'd play a pass to someone and then he'd find space for the pass back if needed. Yeah. Now, there's not many players in Liverpool who do that as well for me as Jordan Henderson does because it's all well and good playing a pass to someone, but if they don't have the options, he always makes sure he's available. If yeah. you need me, I'm back and then I'll go again. And that's why people say, oh, he just plays the ball sideways. He plays the pass and then he's available again if they if yeah. they don't have another pass. I don't think you'd have that with other players. So I'd be shocked if Henderson wasn't the number six. It wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if we did go to a four-two-three-one. Yeah. Um, but again, it depends on who's going to be starting. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's not going to be fifth for the start of the season. So, is it someone like an Adam Lallana? Is it a James Milner in an advanced role? I doubt it. I don't think Lallana's probably got the pace for that. Um, 
so I'm leaning towards 4-3-3 again and I think Fabinho and Henderson might have a little bit more fluidity between them yeah. same with Keita I think what we saw from the front three last season was them moving around I'd love to get to a position I wonder whether Klopp would where that, that midfield three can all do it during games yeah. so it makes it very difficult to track those runs from each of the midfielders it's going to be fascinating to see absolutely fascinating to see um, do you think there's going to be a formation change we've got a question I think later on actually um, I I full wing backs. Now. yeah here we go Mike Bennett uh, at onetw11 what's your opinion on us trialling 3-5-2 with Robertson and Arnold on either side as wingbacks Marley and Salah up front with Firmino as the supporting forward from midfield is this a possibility to change predictably from the opposition imagine the damage uh, again I think it depends on who we play but I think at times we played that last season you know, we've seen the amount of people that push up forward, particularly Robertson and Trent, they're keen to get forward, but then we've got the players that will drop deep to cover them. So we, we play fluid formation sometimes and it works out. I, I would be happy to see that that trial, but I think it just, I think there's a time and a place for it. I think obviously when you play the likes of Man City and attacking teams that are left in the Premier League, then you, then you don't go and do it. But if there's someone there for the take or you need to get a goal, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's kind of it's like a kind, kind of a gung-ho approach, isn't it, really? I, I disagree. I, I don't think... I don't think Liverpool would play a 3-5-2. I think Liverpool would play a 3-4-3 if they move to three at the back. Okay. Because I feel like, I just don't see, with us not signing any strikers, Yeah. and the fact that Origi is probably um, not going to be first-teamer, Solanke's not going to be a first-teamer, Ings looks to be on his way out. I can't see Mane and Salah as the two forwards, which is what Mike's suggesting there. Yeah, I think if you're going to play two forwards, it's Firmino and Salah. And I feel like, you know, with Fabinho and Keiter in the midfield, you've got maybe Trent and Andy Robertson. I think it's just two up top, or you swap out somebody and make yeah. it a left winger like Mane or something like that. Occasions where you've got Rian Brewster that needs to play, and he might be better up with a, with a two, a Rigi Brewster on your game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd not thought of it from that point of view. Um, so interesting. I do, I do feel like three four three suits us more than a three five two. But um, we live and we learn. And Jurgen Klopp has proved me wrong so many times. It's unbelievable. Um, okay, at the weekend, it, it looks like Kaiser and Fabinho are going to get some minutes in the legs. Um, what do you want to see from them from this game? Uh, I don't think you expect too much from them, to be honest. Just the fact that you see them in a, in a red shirt is is enough for me, to be honest. I think. Um, coming over again, used to, uh, they're still getting settled, aren't they? And they, they haven't been here long enough. Uh, Fabinho's been away on holiday and stuff, and his, his missus tweeted for places to eat in Liverpool. Um, just, they're just some sort of rhythm. I think that's all you can expect. They've been in training for for two days of, at time recording. It'll be obviously three, four, five, maybe when we get there. I don't think you expect too much for them. Just kind of, I don't know, some sort of rapport. And like you said, of what role they're going to play within that midfield role. I think that's all you can expect. From but you can't judge too quickly off the pre-season games because we saw Wijnaldum playing that number six role yeah, yeah. Uh, last season, didn't we, in pre-season? And we saw Woodburn playing that number six yeah. role in pre-season last year. And obviously, you know, Wijnaldum did it a couple of times. It's yeah. a great effect when there was a bit of an injury crisis. Uh, I think it was around January, February time. Uh, but he wasn't really utilised in that role. So... And I'm Marco not going to draw any conclusions. Marco Gruich always still has a world here of a pre-season and kind of falls apart. So I'm not saying that's the case for Fabinho and Keita, but I don't know, just the, just the fact that I'm getting some minutes. And I want to see a goal on a red card from Keita. 
kicking his own teammate. I'd, well, I just <laughs> want to see the Navi Keita that I've seen yeah. for the last year that gets me excited. Yeah. I want him to get rid of all of his red cards in pre-season yeah. so that he's fine to just go just the entire year. All, yeah. You know what I mean? He's like a, like a serial killer where they just get an itch and they have to do it. Navi Keita needs to get red cards, get them done in pre-season for yeah. me, mate. Uh, so in the season... Yeah. Um, Fully on board with I that. Love the way, I love the way you just agreed with exactly like yeah. a serial killer. Not like, yeah. I don't really understand that. He's like, yeah. No, no. I know. No. I know. That's exactly. exactly what a serial killer would do, yeah. It is, yeah. if you believe Bosch. Um, <laughs> on Amazon Prime, of course. Um, okay, so uh, we're going to get into some... Um, well, actually, I was going to go with questions, but I forgot. Um, squads are starting to take place around the Premier League. Okay. We've actually printed off all the ins and the outs, but yeah. we're just going to focus on the rivals for the top six. Okay. Uh, first of all, in order... What's your top six for the Premier League? I have to put you on the spot. Do you want me to go first? What do you think? No. Um, City. Yeah. Us. Yeah. Spurs. You don't need to write them down. Just say them into the mic. I know. I'm just taking a bit. Uh, Spurs. United. Yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. Arsenal. Yeah. That was the exact top six that I picked as well. <laughs> okay. Fair. Um, in that in that order. Um, the only thing is, having now looked at the signings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'd kind of forgotten the turmoil that Chelsea were in. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if Arsenal pipped Chelsea now. So I'm going to change mine from the news show okay. this morning and put Chelsea above them. Arsenal have obviously signed um, Bernard Leno, uh, Stefan Lichtsteiner from Juventus, and Socrates Pastalopoulos. Um, it's easy for you to say. Um, so they've basically bought loads of old people um, to bolster that yep. really, really cruddy defence. I've bought the. I've written, sorry, they've bought experience for that defence. That's kind of partly what they needed. I think they obviously need to bolster that with, with some quality. But, but they had Per Mertesacker for experience. Koscielny yeah. was experienced. They were just poo at the same time. You just convinced me the poo. Let's <laughs> just cross that out. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with Arsenal. I think I, I'm really surprised that they didn't obviously sort the manager out quicker and they haven't done as much business. I know they'll probably have stuff in the workings, but I think the danger there and they're not an attractive prospect for some people mm. anymore. And why, why, why would you go there when there's other places available? I was quite surprised when Aubameyang went there. I think going forward, Arsenal have loads of quality, yeah. but they're always going to be held back by the defence. And Listen, you know, Lichsteiner, I think he's 34 years old. He's been around the block. He played for Juventus over 200 times, I think it is. Uh, Socrates won the, the Bundesliga, I think, with... Klopp at yeah, Dortmund, Dortmund didn't yeah. he? Um, twice, so he he's been at some big clubs as well. A really experienced thirty-year-old centre half. So they, listen, they're not they're not crap players, but I just wonder whether that's enough no. to get Arsenal's defence playing at the level that they want it to be playing at. Um, I personally don't think so. They've had Cazorla go out, Mertesacker go out. Um, that attack, as you say, is absolutely superb. They're going to do all right. I think Emery's a really, really good coach, and yeah. I think he's proved that over the last few years. Chad Wilsh has gone from there as well. I'm not sure how much of a loss he is because he's always injured, isn't he? But yeah, smoking. Yeah. Here's the one that's in real turmoil: Chelsea, mate. No new manager, no new signings. No. I mean, but they've not even got rid of Conte yet, have they? No. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with it. Sarri's supposed to be coming in from Napoli, isn't yeah. he? Um, but the fact is, Klopp started his pre-season training. We've got Keita and Fabinho yeah. through the door for that already. 
we've got a leg up on them already before yeah. we even go into the season. So I don't see them as a, a concern. Everton, no new signings. Amazing. Nice one, uh, Marco. Um, okay, City, no new signings as of yet. I think they're still pretty dangerous, City. They're, they? they're all right, yeah. then. Yeah. I think they're probably going to be fine, and it might be a smart move by them to, yeah. to not add to that squad and cause a little bit of unrest with a side that probably deserved to go and win it again off just the performances yeah. that they put in last season. Manchester United are interesting. They've signed Diego Dallas, a 19-year-old fullback, and Fred, who I think is... Um, they basically signed Fred because they couldn't get Fabinho, so that yeah. puts us one up on them. Uh, and finally, no new signings for spares either. No. It's a bit surprising, isn't it? I'm more surprised because you'd think they would have known that the transfer window is closing early, the fact that the World Cup's on. We've shown with the Fabinho stuff that kind of came out of nowhere, even even for Keir, to an extent of... We've been doing business since January, or even mm. before that. I think when you had James Pearson last week, he said the, the Allison stuff, we were talking to his agent in January, knowing full well what was going to happen. You leave yourself short or something doesn't work out. You can have your prime target. If something doesn't work, you need a backup plan. Or if you leave it this late in the window to even change your manager, you're stuck. And as a player, an attractive prospect, well, it's just rushed. It's for the likes of Chelsea, it's rushed. You can't say, oh, we'll change the manager now. And they've got just over a month. Before to the scout players, to agree, yeah. to agree fees, yeah. to get them through the door, to train them to the way that the new if, manager wants to play. If they do get a new yeah. manager, it's mental. Yeah, if, if Chelsea don't have a made decision on the manager, still, well, how is the new man the manager that might be coming in, knowing what he's supposed to be doing or... I don't know, Chelsea just buy who they want, and, I think. But it is the thing, for me, that the Chelsea one's so mad because Mourinho wins the league and then a few games into the season, they've sacked him. Yeah. Whereas, whereas everybody knew Conte wasn't going to be at Chelsea this season, so why haven't they just done that business yeah. early? Unless there's something going on Abramovich can't get into the country, can he? Well, yeah, maybe that's <laughs> He's it. He's got sacked him via Skype. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah. Uh, okay, Neil David Long. As it's holiday season, it's hot, hot, hot. Which side are you boys on? What? Which what side are you boys on? Buddy smugglers or just plan swimming trunks? Okay, budgie smugglers. I think that's supposed to say. Budgie smugglers. Yeah. Okay, so he's asking us whether we wear trunks or uh, shorts. Uh, hang on, here's what I think. Chris is therefore a smuggler. Paul trunks. Tom trunks black, of course. And Ross smuggles. Am I close? Um, can I just answer this one for everybody in Liverpool? Shorts. Yeah. Sounds. Although I've written Tom Mankini on my notes. Oh, oh, yeah. That's disgusting. Know, that's a mistake or a wish list. Jonathan Shirt, with the arrivals of Kite and Fabino, does this mean the doors open for Genie to leave? Does he get ahead of Henderson, uh, Fabino, Kite, Ox? Absolutely not. No. He's not leaving. No, so. he's not. <laughs> no. Squad death, my friend. That's what we need. Callum Sanderson, best transfer Liverpool didn't go through with. Most regret for a player we didn't sign when we should have. Oh, okay. I looked at these questions. So I've written two down. It came to me. So um, Deli Ali is the first one. Uh, and then William is the one because I really like him. Uh, and then we had him in the door, and then he went to Spurs, did a medical, and then went to Chelsea. So, what uh, about the ones that we sh- we nearly signed that we didn't? What was like the, the, the yeah, that was the Deli Alley one, and then Anelka was the other one. No, no, the best transfer Liverpool didn't go through with. Doesn't that mean like? I thought that's what that meant. Ah, right, okay. Because we were supposed to get them, weren't we? And okay, we, that's we, easy we, then. I thought I thought he was sorry. I thought he was asking whether there was someone we dodged the bullet on, but that's fine. Uh, that's so much no, easier. No. Um, so Ronaldo back it's in his, the day. Best, best transfer. Yeah, I've written Ronaldo down as well. 
Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah. Deli Ali, um, Gareth Bale. We were rumoured to to want to oh, sign as well when he was at Southampton um, before he went to Tottenham. The the list is absolutely yeah, endless with those players, and they're all world class players. Um, Jamie Payton, realistic expectations for the 1819 season. I personally think we should aim for a title challenge, win one of the domestic cups and quarters or semis in the Champions League. Yeah, something along those lines. I, I, I think he falls into the trap of going, oh, this is our year because you, you get up with the, the hype and exciting. No Liverpool fan really actually says that. Um, I would like us to see push City a lot closer than we did last season. I, I've already said I think we'll, we'll come second just because City are on another level. I don't think that's a discredit to Liverpool or the way that we do things or our players. I just think City, you know, the money, the Pep Guardiola, you can't take away. He's got loads of money, but he's the, probably one of the best managers. Well, he's one of the best managers in the league. Um, domestic Cup is the one for me. I think we mentioned it before getting a trophy in the door, and we saw last season that we just fell apart in the first round of the League Cup, or maybe the second of the FA Cup. Mm. Which would be Everton and lost lost to West Brom. One of them has to be a primary target for me. Um, I think last season was all about maintaining, to retaining Champions League football, and I don't think anyone predicted that the Champions League would happen like it did last season. I think it was just a one-off and kind of thought we're in the hat, let's just go for it and sack everything else off. Yeah, um, I think. Last season, I would have said get out of the groups of the Champions League, and I think I'm in that mindset of doing it again. I must admit, the the title challenge for me is important. I think exactly what you've said there. I want Liverpool to be closer to Manchester City. You know, the gap was was it 25 points or yeah. something like that. It was ridiculous. Um, if you can cut that down, but also they had it so easy last season. Man City, I think if you can stay with them for two or three months, if they are the team to, to lead the Premier League, which I guess they will be, um, if you can stay with them, put them under pressure. Yeah. You know, we put them under pressure in the two games in the Champions League and they didn't deal with it very well. Yeah. So what happens if they are pressured going into each and every game? They had it easy last season. They had teams scared of them. They had teams scared, just you know, scared to go in on them, scared of coming out so they get past behind. It was all too easy, and they had no one putting any pressure on them. So I wonder if you can change that. If you can just put a little bit of pressure on them, do they have a couple of bad performances? Wigan was the other one that did that. Exactly what we did. I remember, the, I remember watching that game. Go, actually, they're going for it and not scared of it. And you're right. The people turn up to before the balls even kicked and go, we've, we've lost this game. Well, not if you give it a go. What have you got to lose? I, I think I think they could be found out uh, in some games if people are determined to give it a go and, and kind of knock them off off the perch. And then I agree completely. I want a, I want a cup of some description. Yeah. I prefer the Champions League, but if you're going to yeah. give me the FA Cup, that sounds. Yeah. Um, uh, at Godzilla on Twitter, will Mo Salah do it again? Yes or no? Yes. At Rebellion Reto, who out of the current England squad will you want at Liverpool, if any? This is a very short list. Uh, I'd take Dali Ali, I'd mm-hmm. take Marcus Rashford, yeah. and I'd take Sterling. Yes. I would probably take Harry Maguire as well. I do like him. Okay. Um, I like John Stones as well, although you know it's never going to happen. No. Um, that's probably it for me as well. I think the, the players that you mentioned are probably the best of the bunch. At knowing LFC, with the improvement and consistency with Lovren, do you still feel we need to get a top centre-back as first choice? Gomez being versatile too, or more a case of getting another backup? Uh, I think it's a case of getting another backup or first choice because I think you see with Lovren's injury record isn't very good. Uh, and I feel the same with John Matip and Joe Gomez. Their injury record is, is terrible. and I've been unconvinced of John Matip of late uh, the past couple of months he just seems to completely drop off I don't know if he's if the injuries played a part in that or is his mindset or whatever but it's just really unconvincing but I, when he does play well his, his passing from the back to cut out a whole midfield to the front three is damaging so I don't know you, you, you can entirely write him off saying that you know 
Lovren's had a bad spell and he's come back and he's he's, he's great, isn't he? Surprisingly, he, he, so he, he was brilliant. I'd, in the Champions League I'd, final I'd, I'd rather wish Matip got to a top level than was going gone by another centre half for, for the sake of it. But um, I don't think he, we've shown with him with midfield the depth and quality. It's the same for the defence. I'd rather struggle to have an option of going. Oh, who's who's me two centre halves today? And Van Dijk's gonna be nailed on one, but I don't think I'd just rather have I, that. I think Lovren can do a job, but he needs. He, it goes without saying, really. He needs to stop the mistakes, mm-hmm. and you know I don't think he's made any since Tottenham. Really, mm-hmm. maybe Manchester United. I can't remember the order of the games from last season now uh, that were so far removed from it, but. He's so good when he's good. Yeah, he's just so he's good, and there's not many centre halves who are better when he no. is good. When he's playing I, at his absolute top level, I just wonder whether that that position we say it all the time next to Virgil Van Dijk. I think we're going to splash big on that position, and we're going to look to tie it up. And I just don't think there's anyone available right now yeah. that Klopp wants to splash big on. And I think he'll probably save that money for down the line. Yeah, I think. Um... If there's, if there's one available, I know Diego Godin's supposed to be available for like twenty million pound. Fine, but I think he's the same sort of centre half as as Van Dijk. Yeah, well, like. um, Kula is the other one, but again, I think he's similar to what Virgil Van Dijk is. I always look back to like the hippie Ancho, and that's what you know Van Dijk's the hippie, and you need an Ancho just to kind of clean stuff up and and go forward for the balls without taking the risk of not having nothing behind him because that's mm-hmm. what Virgil Van Dijk does essentially, doesn't he? So, if, you know, if there's someone out there. Fine, but you know, defenders and goalkeepers are a nightmare to, to come across, and top class ones at that. Okay, last question from Sean Keogh at Sean Keogh 92. Uh, Long time viewer, first time question. Looking like Sturridge, Ings, and Origi probably will all be shown the door in the summer. Will bringing in one striker be enough? Not being linked with any at all. Uh, I'll take this one. Um, I think Sturridge and Ings are going to go. Um, the good, you, you know, if you're a better man, the good money would be Origi goes out as well. I think with Roberto Firmino, I think with Dom Solanke, Brewster being signed up to a new contract, Woodburn still at the football club. Um, I would like Liverpool to sign a striker, but there's there's only so many things that Klopp can do in one window, and I'd be really surprised if he did sign a striker at this stage. Yeah, I think you look at the, the versatility of people that we got up top at the minute, and say bringing a backup for that allows you to move some of the people around. So I think... Origi's pre-season dictates his future. You know, if he's not convincing Klopp, then he he will go. And I still think you've got enough cover there to to do it. I don't think um, Brewster will sign a new contract if he was guaranteed game time. So I think that's where where he comes in. I think his pace as well. I think you can use him across the front three, and he'll still get game time. So we know Danning is going. We know Storage is going. I think think you need to strengthen the backup for the wingers is a priority. Yeah, because no one's getting ahead of Bobby Firmino unless he's injured or he needs a rest. He's a machine as yeah, well. Yeah, he doesn't like resting, does it? Yeah. Um, okay, well, there you go. That has been episode 64 of the Red Men TV podcast. Thank you very much for listening. If you're on iTunes, if you're on a podcast app, give us a rating. Five stars would be nice. And if you're on YouTube, please drop a like on the video and subscribe to the Red Men TV. Thank you all for watching, and we'll see you next time. Ta-ra.